All right, welcome back to the Whitetail Experience Podcast. We're coming at you hot. We may crank out two of these in a week. What's up? Uh, I do have a few housekeeping items real quick. If you are looking to buy any Lone Wolf Custom Gear uh, items before season, we can save you a little bit of money. Enter code WEXP at checkout, and that'll get you a, a couple dollars off. And uh, maybe you can put that towards another tag or something. Uh, but I do have the man, the myth, the legend, David Ebright. Dave, welcome back to the show, man. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been kind of a while. I mean, we talk every day. We just don't record it. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes we should record <laughs> it, but but it doesn't get yeah. done. Well, sometimes we also probably shouldn't record it, too. So <laughs> <laughs> It does go both ways. But, Dave, since, since we last talked, I think you were expressing concern to uh, – get the last bit of your trail cams out and, and could you feel people fill people in on your your journey oh this had been almost two weeks ago but you you, you saw some good bucks you got your cams out or where do you sit right now yeah man that um the one night um so i had three cameras i had to put out and i was kind of like getting pressed you know because you're talking what was it getting late into july there and i'm like dude i gotta get these damn cameras out and i had a couple nights where i was supposed to go and just like stuff came up and i'm like shit man i gotta get these things out and um, one evening, I went out and mowed like five yards, you know, with my side lawn business. And um, I came home and um, dinner was just now finished. And I was like, hey, babe, why don't you stick that back in the oven? Let's go for a drive down here uh, to this piece. And I want to put a camera out and plus we can look for deer. And we loaded up the baby and uh, Nikki came with me and we went for a drive. Um, she wasn't too enthused, but it is what it is. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so first first field I drove by, I was like, I'm gonna drive by this field first. Nice buck in it, probably, I don't know, 115, 125, you know, right in that range, like yeah. a good one, yeah. all time. That uh, wasn't, he wasn't, he was like right at the ears, but had like his eight pointer, good twos. I was like, man, first field, you know, first field of the night. Yeah, and it, it's so tough to tell with the velvet to to kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's why it's been a range. I'm not even that good. Like some people can score them like, like it's nothing just like real quickly. Yeah. And like you hear um, like Cody and Andre all the time would be like, yeah, I had this 195 I was chasing. I'm like, how do you know he was 195? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's so many inches to just count just on a glimpse. Like, yep, he's a 197. Yeah. I don't know how they, you know, some people are just good at it. I guess you, if you see a lot of them, you can maybe get good at it. We don't see a lot of bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. Dude, it's like it's like when you're glassing or you're a road scout and you're like, okay, I, I seen a bunch of like, you know, I seen a hundred to hundred and twenty inch or like that that, you know, that's a that's a pretty big category, but you can kind of like, you know, you know that size. And then when you see like the one thirty plus, you're like, Yep, seen a good one, no doubt. Like Yeah, for me it's like um like anything like 110 to 125, I normally just call like Pope and Young. Like mm -hmm. that's a 120. Like I just like, man, it's 120, you know. And then uh, I know Kurt will probably not like to hear that because he's official Pope and Young scorer. Yeah. But that's, you know, just this like broad like t term, you know. And then like uh, pretty much anything over like 130 is like shooter, tall shooter, good shooter. Yeah. And then like anything over like 145, and up is like monsterless status. Giant, seen a giant. <laughs> giant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, you probably saw that when you saw that buck with Cody. You're like, oh, he's a fucking giant. He's like, yeah, he's 
140, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I was pretty fired up. That uh, for, for those of you guys that don't follow us on YouTube, I just put out a, oh, a video kind of showing a little bit of the behind the scenes with a little extra edit in there. Uh, of my trip to Iowa we did glass a buck and it was so funny you know two guys mad scrambling in the car to try and get this buck on video and it was pretty cool it was a good trip and I mean you see that buck we're like fucking giant we're scouting the shit out of this spot now we got to find him track him down and he probably oh. didn't even forget about him yeah there's tines everywhere <laughs> so, so that's good man I think uh we got two main topics uh one is going to be our pick three challenge that we had on our Facebook post uh, a couple weeks ago now and the other is like some of the oh Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett have kind of come out with statements about cell cams but kind of a subtopic came up this week on Facebook and um, you know I was really just disappointed um, in the overall oh post if you will that the guy was asking for advice on climbing sticks he was taking a poll which good you know good you know you want to do your research you want to talk to people that have handled uh, a gear item a bag a boot whatever you're going to put your money into you know you want to you want to at least get good sources and i, I would say forums and, and sometimes you know seeing a guy's instagram or facebook it's nice to, to message him to get his his thoughts on it but uh you know his climbing sticks were, were the topic of the day and out of like the 50 votes, 30, 30 of them were for the Shakar climbing sticks. And then it was like 17, 15, and like 13. And, and those were like the Hawks, the Beasts, and, and Lone Wolf Custom Gear, kind of all definitely well behind the Shakar sticks, um, like almost doubled the, the second place group. And I have handled the Shakar sticks for, for one morning in, in, in summer and you know, I'll be 100% honest. When I saw that, I said, 31 of those people, how many have hunted with them for a full bow season, have been climbing a tree or been in a rush because they were a smidge late and had to come up with plan B or, you know, messed with those sticks in cold conditions? And, you know, how many of those guys have really put uh, that gear item through the ringer, through a hunting season, what you are, you know, essentially buying that gear for it? And, and the, you know, you look at something like the Hawks, the Beasts, they're all proven, you know, they've been around for a couple seasons. And, and I put that in my post. I was like, I'm not so much dis discounting one stick. I can see that they look super packable. Um, but I do have a couple questions and, and thought it was not like the, the most awesome thing to see a, everyone jumping on board to a guy a gear item that hadn't been put through even a hunting season. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said, you know, uh, I did see you respond a couple times on there. And I was like, I just, <laughs> it's funny because you, you, you see some some posts like that that you disagree with. And like your first instinct is just, a, oh, I'm gonna tell them. You know, and I'm just, I'm just not that guy. I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not, not going to comment on Facebook. Most people that comment on there don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and, you know, it just, it, it bothered me that the number one item by a landslide had never been hunted with. Yeah, at least not by many, you know, I think, I don't know if they had them out towards the tail end of last season. I forget exactly when those came out. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, at least, I mean, people probably hung them in their backyard and stuff. And I've seen pictures. I haven't handled it like you have. And I know that it, uh, they do pack well, which is obviously. Um, That's huge. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, they're light as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So people are probably just going off of pictures and, and wait. You know, I bet a lot of those votes, people probably didn't even have it. Yeah. 
Yeah. The um, so 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 that was my thing. It'd be like a a new pack coming out, and nobody's ever like packed out enough elk with it to really put it through the ringers. Like, I just I I just thought, man, that's that's a uh, a little early to be to to be jumping the gun there and and i thought i thought somebody as a consumer should also consider that when when you put a a, a gear item out whether it be a layering system or whatever i definitely would look at something that has been in hunter's hands for at least a season because you know you and i handle sticks and climbing systems and and even like jackets and gear totally different but you know it may come out through our through actually hunting because you can't replicate an elevated heart rate and climbing into a tree stand or frigid temps and handling something and how it performs in those conditions because it just doesn't happen climbing in your backyard yeah and a lot of times um i mean i've noticed this i don't even find out like what i don't like about a product until you know until i've used it multiple multiple times you know oh yeah you know it takes me a long time to use something for me to like mod it like if i'm a mod something it's because i've used it for a while and i found something that i didn't like and so i'm gonna change that you know if i'm a, you know that's i'm not going to complain about a product or or give it praises necessarily until i've used it for a long time and and really you know like you said because you don't you don't find things that that, that are wrong with it yeah. you know with a few hunts or a few hangs in your backyard. I mean, you got to hunt with that thing for damn near half a season to really see like, you know, I did have four or five times where this happened on me and I was kind of annoying, you know? Oh yeah. Well, like those bibs are a perfect example. The bibs, you and I were both running the same pair of bibs last year. And I was like, man, I'm having trouble uh, getting them over my boot or whatever. And it, cause I wasn't putting the zipper in, in a location that you had figured out, you said, Hey, put it above your knee by about two, three inches. And he said, you, you know, they'll, the, that way the gap's bigger for you to slide your boot through. And just because you had hunted with it a couple of times and figured that out. And I hadn't figured that out yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cause you had, it's a double zipper and you had them both at the bottom mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, you got that leg room and you were trying to get, yeah. I mean, sure. Up, you get the hole gets wider because it's made to go around your quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but, that, that yeah, was a perfect like you, example. Yeah, exactly. You know, it takes you a long time of using something to figure out why you don't even. You know, I, I'm trying to think of an example in which which I can't really. Well, like the hawk sticks. You know, I hunted with them for uh, a while, and um, I mean, I mean, a lot of hunts they were perfectly fine, but I had a few hunts where they would kick out on me a little bit. You know, or or they wouldn't like bite the tree well and I would have to like move them over an inch or move them right an inch or left an inch because like they just wouldn't bite in like a specific spot of the tree. You know, you do that like five, 10 times. You're like, you know, you're not really thinking anything of it. And then you, you know, you get to those, you know, where you've hunted with for half a season and you're just like, you know, this is starting to get annoying. Like this is becoming, you know, I, I see a trend here. Mm-hmm. It took a while, you know, like that, you know, the, the knob on that, Sakar was is one of the big knocks that a lot of people have, right? I know you've messed with them. Yeah, I could see that being uh, an issue or or whatever. But like at the same time, like I get it. Like they they are definitely a, one of the better options on the market. But just to be hands down the single favorite by thirty some people, I was just like, well, let's also. Well, do- the biggest thing you said that they had some flex. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The that's the, that's. The, that's some hunting products out there that I've used do flex a little, especially I'm a little bit bigger guy. Um, it's, 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 nef- it's definitely an uneasy feeling when something does, you know, 
I'm sure it's probably plenty strong enough, and I'm sure it's been tested to high hell. But it gives you a little bit of uneasy feeling when you got something flexing on you up in a tree. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I think at this point, Dave, let's pivot into our pick three Facebook challenge. We, we, uh, we came up with this post. Oh, this had been almost two to three weeks ago at this point. And, uh, you know, the idea was to, to okay, um, I heard about this actually, I think kind of, oh, it might have been the, the Last Breath podcast or the, the Exodus oh, Outdoor Year podcast where they were talking about, okay, if you wanted to pick three hunters and roll for like almost like a fantasy draft style, like who would you pick? And, and so like, um, or in Last Breath was discussing better hunters, I think. I think that's kind of how I morphed this thing. And my thought was, okay, let's make this a three-year challenge. Let's, let's go year one, you're on a thousand acre farm in a big buck um, state. You have solo access, like you can hunt all the time. You can, you can manipulate. Um, year two is, is more of a hunting public style inspired challenge. Uh, five day trips all over the, 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 the U.S. Uh, mountainous terrain, marshes, um, hill country, farm country. Uh, but I wanted it to, to definitely simulate going somewhere for a five, five, seven days, um, and then someplace new and, and different habitats. I wanted to, 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 to get that in there. And then year three was kind of a working man style, um, challenge. So, so you are actually limited to weekends only, and you are limited to, to two States and you can have a total, total farm. So you can have two or three farms, however you want to do it but 200 acre max in, in the state. So, so you could have a couple small pieces uh, or like maybe one real good farm. But that was kind of like my challenge. I said, okay, pick three guys that I felt like that would encompass, you know, multiple aspects of hunting, um, ready, set, go. And it was cool. It was a very engaging post. Um, you and I kind of picked a, a few guys and never truly finished our list. But, but Dave, what, what was your, your thoughts if you looked at a pick three challenge of guys? So to clear things up, um, I think some people might have had a couple of different um, thoughts when they posted their results or their answers. So it, it's it's not a pick one person per year scenario. It's just a pick three for all scenarios. Correct? Yeah, yeah, and obviously plus yourself. So you got to pick three dudes. You're going to roll for three years. We got to get a real big sponsor. So Mossy Oak Real Tree, if you're listening, um, we can make <laughs> <Yeah>. this happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, my initial thoughts, um, you know, were everybody's going to pick the, um, the, the main few guys. So I definitely try to think outside of those. You got your typical, um, what, the Tequistos, obviously, both of them for that matter. You got your Infault, you got your Eberhardt, and you got, you know, I guess Andy May is pretty well known, big buck killer, um, Adam Hayes. You know, these are some of the guys where I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to pick any of those guys just because they're too obvious, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, some of the, res I saw a, a lot of different responses, very uh, all over the place, you know, besides those, those three, four guys. Drury, uh, Aaron Warburton, Kurt Geyer. Yeah. It was uh, all over. Nathan Killen, Jared Schaefer, Casper, Kurt Chandler, uh, Eberhardt. DeQuisto, May. I'm just I'm I got the post here. I'm just reading off. Yeah. Um Zach from the Hunting Public. Um I think I might even Yeah. Yeah, Greg Litzinger, uh Casper, Cody DeQuisto, 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Nobody me. Good for them because I can't shoot them if I tried. <laughs> You're the team <laughs> scout. <laughs> I find the big bucks and I'll get right on them, but I just miss them. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that I mean, there was a lot going on there. It was a pretty cool aspect. Um, you know, when I look at a challenge like that, you know, you, you, you if I'm looking to break down my team, I want guys that can do it all. I don't, I don't, I, I, I think, you know, in a challenge like that, people are going to be outside their comfort zone. The, the weekend warrior aspect of year three means they got to almost do stuff quickly, effectively. I, I, I don't think a, um, a Bill Winky sit back and wait style works for, for that year three. Well, even, um, even some of the big hitters, you talk about like Andre and uh, Dan, you know, for instance, those two guys and even Cody, they hunt like every day. And they, since they're able to hunt day after day after day, they can systematically um, break things down. And that's why they can find these bucks, you know. Whereas if you're like a weekend warrior, you almost got to, you almost got to hit a home run, you know, the day one. You can't, you know, well, I went and looked over here. Dan talks about it all the time about moving uh, and doing it in like 10-acre um, chunks or something, I think yeah. he's explaining. Yeah, like a process of elimination. Yeah, yeah, and you start working your way in there and finding that buck's home range, and then, you know, and then maybe observation sits, et cetera. Andy May, I think, is a big observation guy and then goes in for the one-day kill. Mm-hmm. So he's a but he's also – he's kind of a different breed because he does a lot of things – weekend warrior style as well yeah because he's a teacher uh, yeah but uh when you can't uh, when you can't systematically work through a piece of property or in trying to find a specific buck like that i mean just hunting two days out of a week you know weekend warrior style is is definitely it's, just, al- it's almost like that you, you no offense like you, you and i like um i would go to like kill ridge you know a, a kill ridge type location just produces a a good buck every year in the rut because it's got like three or four things like that stand location is almost more valuable yeah you, i may not kill a 160 in the 600 acres but if i sit kill ridge chances are i can have a 130-ish buck run by kill ridge you know what i'm saying yeah and if you had 600 acres and could systematically work yourself through there day after day after day and hunt every single day do observation sits move in try to you know and you know scout every midday every day and then set up in different location every evening and you know like you said kind of x things off the map and work your way around i mean that's a completely different hunt style than i got today to hunt i gotta go today you know you're hunting completely different yeah yeah what about um oh and and kurt brought this up to the drurys on their podcast and it was actually like that podcast in general was really good summer detail uh scouting from the drurys but uh, he asked Drury, because, and, and I, I texted Kurt this word for, you know, I, I said, like, I am guilty. I am one of the guys that kind of said, because some guy posted uh, Mark Drury was on his team. And I straight said, I said, I don't think Mark would be the best pick for especially years two and three. And, and a couple other guys kind of followed that suit. And uh, it, it, Mark, Mark never really a- a- answered the question full forced. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things that if I take the Drury's and I take food plots out of the equation, because, you know, public land year two, you're not going to be able to shoot big bucks on food plots. And you take late season out of it because in, in the world of, of, of the five-day five, five day hunt um, on public land, late season is, is no glamour status. Like how many big bucks do the juries have, you know, in the last yeah, exactly. 10 years? 
Yeah, I don't know, because they can leave beans standing and they can do the whole nine yards and they can just manipulate those deer so much, which they're experts at that, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Drury's um, – I don't know their background well enough to really comment on how good or bad they would do on public. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, another one that kind of gets lumped into with the Drury's is obviously like the Lakoskis. Sure. And Lee grew up on public land in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, you know, he – Lee has a background of doing it on his own. You know, I, I know his background. Yeah. My uh, – did, and they might have came up the same way you know they might have came up killing deer on public land and family farms and stuff and then eventually because they got money from didn't weren't they like the first ones to film like actually yeah. film yeah now now let me ask this if you think about this dave you you played you know you played college football i played college soccer i could not get tuned up to play a game here in the next uh like week or two, like I would definitely need some serious practice, some seriously getting back into shape. Like could, could, could Lee Lakoski fire up the public land skills? And, and let's also think bow hunting is not what it was in the early nineties as yeah, far as bow hunters in the woods in November. Um, I actually, I have no idea when the gun season actually Minnesota has an earlier ish gun season, but like it's a different ball game now with pressure and numbers, I think on the public land bow hunting wise, like you hear the guys talk about like uh, back in the day to, to knock on doors was a lot easier to get bow hunting permission. And that's becoming less and less um, feasible just because there's more bow hunters. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, I'm, I'm the same way as you. And like, I wouldn't pick any of those people to be on my quote unquote team just for that reason. I think they've just, they built their way up to hunting those, uh, you know, those manicured farms for so long now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think they would do well stepping back into the public game, you know? No, like our hunts look so different. Like, Oh, it's completely different. It's completely different. It's, they, it's and, and people, people will say a deer is a deer hunt. And I'm like, dude, I, I will, I will, I will, I will say no. I will say a, a, a receiver and a quarterback are both playing football, but the skill sets involved at both those positions is so different. Yeah. I mean, on especially like on public or even, um, you know, some highly pressured small private pieces. Um, it's, you know, adding that human pressure to the, to the aspect of, of your strategy is, you know, that's, that, that can become the number one, you know, you think deer strategy, you think, okay, you know, that they get, they got to eat normally food, food's what wins over, you know, what a deer does on a daily basis. But, you know, human pressure will, you know, supersede food when, you know, when it has to, cause that's how they, that's what they have to do to survive. Yeah. You know, they get to the food if they're getting hunted down by people nonstop. So human pressure becomes the number one deterrent of a deer's activity, you know, and then the, then food being second. Well, obviously outside of the rut, yeah, because getting piece of asses first. <laughs> right now, you know who I thought would do well at this? Who was my number one pick? Like came to my head right away was uh, Greg Litzinger, and and part of that is he's um, he's killing good bucks east of the Mississippi and on the East Coast, like um, you know, in a very oh 
high population, uh, people population. He's killing them in a variety of habitats and, you know, anything from marsh, like, like salt marshes where like he has to play the tides, then he'll go to the hills, and uh, mountains of, of kind of that, that Eastern side of things and, and kill a, a big buck in the mountains. And so he's probably got some skills and obviously he's a working man. He's a dad. Uh, so, so he's done, you know, I think he says he's killed most of his bucks October Saturdays. Yeah, I, I think I put him in mind too. You know, same, same things you said. You know, yeah. the fact that you do that well in an area like that, um, with you know a full time job and um, kid, maybe multiple kids at home. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty. It's tough to do, man. It's just, I mean, you're you're starting to get a piece of it now with the baby life, yeah. and uh, you just your hunt numbers just go so down. Yeah, from what Greg can shoot too. You know, Greg's a, a 3D archer, so so he's also yeah. an assassin with the bow. I mean, man, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good anchor right there. Yeah, yeah, it is, and he's got that whole, like you said. Um, so if we're on the team as well, you know, he's now now we have a guy with knowledge on our team besides you know ourselves who hunts a completely different terrain. Mm-hmm. So you you know maybe you want to try to get people who hunt different parts of the you know different parts of the the u.s that could have hunt these different habitats mm-hmm. you know that could be a part of of building the best team you know having somebody who hunts out east like he does like you said that's completely different terrain out there that's just completely different land yeah yeah and then um, uh, i threw yeah. in um i think my first post i threw kind of a joke i threw in uh, the old uh, mitch rompala guy because <laughs> uh, I mean, i'm not sure you're familiar with him right Oh, I know the notorious picture. Yeah, he shot that giant buck that was notorious. But the thing is, I've looked into that story a little bit. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners um, probably may know a lot more than I do. But he was killing giants way before that buck. Didn't, you know, giants in, you know, in Michigan. Didn't Wade go to his house or know his brother? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that story. Maybe yeah, I swear. I think Wade told me a story. Uh, Wade is uh, Dave and I's buddy, um, kind of a hunting mentor, works with Dave, um, has killed a nice couple of elk and uh, killed some good deer as well. But like, I think Wade said he went to his house and that dude was like such a reclusive type, oh, yeah. hermit, keep to himself guy. That's what he is. I mean, he killed giants for years before before that buck, you know, and I think before then when trail that, cams yeah and then when that buck came out and and it you know blew up across the world because they thought it was fake and they thought they they broke the deer's skull to make the rack bigger and that whole nine yards and all that shit you know he was like well fuck it then i'm taking my deer and i'm going home i don't you know <laughs> get you guys i'll never come back out again i'll just keep killing my you know <laughs> i kind of put him on there as a joke because i feel like he's like the uh like he, he he's a legend you know among legends as far as whitetails go okay okay and and obviously killing deer in a very difficult state um giants you know, i mean yeah. you know, big big one 200 yeah. inch yeah yeah and, and michigan i think has the most bow hunters per square mile the mpa has a lot um i think he was killing them up in the big woods uh so of Michigan, I, I I I could be wrong there though. All right, well, well, maybe Kevin Bisteson will set us straight on this story. <laughs> yeah, I think has talked about the story before yeah. on his podcast. Yeah, or Sam Kobiak if he listens to this. Anyways, okay, so who who else would you would you want in this challenge, and, and what would you look for in a guy uh, to bring Bruce. onto your team? 
I put I also put Sam Koviak on my list. Um, I actually replaced Rampala with Sam Koviak because Rampala was not ever a real guest. <laughs> but uh, I put Sam Koviak on there. A um, few reasons. Um, he's a public land guy. Um, I think he's hunted. I think he's probably hunted private at times too. He's hunted a little bit of everything. He's hunted multiple states for years, so he knows how to hunt different terrains and different styles. Um, he's also done a lot of um, out of state like trips and knows mm -hmm. how to do those very efficiently and effectively, which I think could be a good aspect to a team to have somebody like that, that knows how to do the, the whole camp aspect of it, you know, and knows how to do the road trips efficiently and, and get the most of your time in and the most of your hunts in, in these different States and whatnot. I think he's kind of mastered that through the years. Yeah. Um, he's a stick bow guy and he's not a trophy hunter, no. but, but he's um, killed some good bucks. Yeah, yeah, he has. And um, I, I just, you know, so I don't know if we would, like, if, if he's going to bring 200 interest to the team. But he um, he's definitely a guy who knows what he's doing and, um, you know, would be a, a good guy to learn from, you know. Yeah, yeah. He definitely would help you on, on that year uh, two public land challenge. Um, oh, now, sure. now, I feel like you have picked, and, and I have not made my second selection yet, but but we've picked two guys that, that, that are public land oriented. And, and do you think that's because the public land skill set translates between year two and three pretty well? Like the weekend warrior guy, if, if you've got a, a 60 over here or a hundred acre or a bunch of like forties, you've got a, I, I don't know. What, what do you think in there? Do you think the skills like translate? Cause I could see the, the 20 acre parcel, you know, you may not do as much scouting on or, or, or trying to find that, that, that big buck, um, you know, in season scouting style, you, you know, because it's, it, it can be a tiptoe game on the small pieces. What, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I guess I think, um, I think that a lot of your public land hunters, not all, I guess. Um, but like, you know that about those private pieces, like, you know, you wouldn't be so aggressive. Like people talk, you know, oh, you're so aggressive. You bump deer, you, you know, you just stomp in there on public, you blow deer out, blah, blah, blah. You couldn't do that on my 80 acres, which is true. I, I know I couldn't, and I wouldn't do that. You know, I would hunt completely different. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know that. I think I would imagine that some of these, a lot of other public land hunters also know that. Um, that is true though, because even like my third pick was a public land guy, um, which I might want to, I guess rethinking it, I might want to change it because that year one where you can manipulate the land and food plot and all that stuff, you might need somebody on your team who's new, who knows, who knows how to do that um, efficiently and effectively. Yeah. Um, now don't, I'm not saying I couldn't or Sam Covey, I couldn't or, uh, or, or Greg or anybody couldn't do that. But, you know, I think you, you probably want to have experience doing that stuff. <laughs> you know, I can run equipment, but at the same time, I don't know exactly. I mean, you could just research the hell out of it, yeah. but you might throw at that stuff. So if I were to think just quickly, another person who I think could do it, you know, in a few different areas and who's killed some big bucks, um, you know, for, for it to help with the year one and year three, you know, I would even think, you know, outside, I know our buddy Wade, I, I probably might choose him, but, um, now maybe Garrett, he'd probably be in conversation. I think. Yeah, dude, he was one guy. Like, if you look, they they are um, they're killing a really high caliber buck for somebody who has working man farms. I feel like they don't have no 
big thousand acre chunk or or anything like that but they've got you know a, a couple hard-earned like leases you know they fork over some cash and they uh, they do some food plotty stuff they they target you know they get history with their bucks um yeah i i that's that's not a bad option there well the biggest thing is what i what i've seen from garrett is um um when when they have like so so they obviously they get inventory of all their bucks on these different farms by running trail cameras and and they literally know which ones are their top buck or two you know and they usually get one or two of them mm-hmm. you know, that, that's not like you know just some if if you're hunting the private thing you know and you're able to manipulate your farms and or even tiptoe around 80 acres you know if someone who can consistently kill the best buck in that you know on that property year after year i mean that's what i'd be looking for for a person for to help with that aspect yeah which i do you know i think pretty sure they normally kill one of the top two bucks every year yeah at least somebody does yeah no no that's a that's a really good point there and actually like that was uh you know i'm not sure who my third pick is gonna be um, now, now, David, we just talked about how year year one and three are, are oh, actually every year is so different, and yeah. and we talked about the skill sets that we have. Like I, and this is just kind of like my 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 thoughts is, could you take a guy like uh, Greg, and take him to Winky's farm? He's probably going to kill a good buck. He may not kill the absolute giant that's like five years of history because Bill Winky's really good at at killing like the one buck he's got five years of history at and waiting him out and waiting him out and waiting him out and, and doing it. Right. Um, but I think Greg could be turned loose on, 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 on that farm and shoot a good buck. Like I do like hands down. I think Greg could go to Winky's farm and shoot a solid buck. I'm, I'll go ahead and throw an in inches on it. Mid fifties, you know? Yeah. And I think if you told him only, only shoot that one buck, I think, you know, he, you know, have a good chance yeah now i will say this and i don't know this but if you turned winky loose in the the mountain the mountains and marshes if you swapped locations with greg Linsinger, i don't think winky's tactics that i've watched on midwest whitetail for the last five years work i mean they definitely have to change you know, you know it's yeah i don't know i don't know who knows i don't we don't know these guys personally we're talking no. about winky, no idea stuff. So we don't know if they would, um, you know, have the abilities to completely change up their, the way they've hunted for, for 20 years now, you know, mm-hmm. you know, do they have the ability to change that up completely hunt fresh sign, you know, scout your way in, you know, um, you know, locate doe bedding areas, get downwind of them in the rut and, and do, do you know, the buck beds, et cetera. Do they have the strategy and the ability to do that stuff? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know them personally, but, yeah. I think it would be a, a difficult change for them. I think it would be awesome, like at Realtree or Mossy Oak, if you're listening, how awesome would it be to watch this this swap, you know? <laughs> like, Here's one thing, one thing I do know, and this is a pretty, pretty bold statement, and some private land guys might not be too happy to hear this. I think if you put two public land guys on a private piece – and put two private land guys on a public piece, I think the the private guys going to public would have a lot harder time with it than the public guys going to private. They would have a lot more difficult every time making that adjustment and changing this, their hunting style. 
Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And I'm not, I'm not saying who would be more or less successful, right. but I it, it would like if you go from if you hunted private for a long time and manicured farms and stuff, and then you hop on some public, you're going to get punched in the face in a heartbeat. Yeah, just on the, uh, the how hard a hunt, an individual hunt is. Like, if I go hunt my family's 18 acres, um, I've got a couple pre-hung just sticks there, but I don't have to beat anybody to the parking lot. I don't have to be, you know, I've got a nice little like four-wheel path that I can I can walk down. I've hunted the piece for a couple of years, so I kind of know the pinches and the doe beds and and um, what what areas kind of turn on. I know where the best fucking scrape is on the property. Um, and I know in general, there was not a squirrel blaster blowing up my doe bedding all of October. Well, and then the fact that you can even hunt a pinch because realistically on public land, um, you, <laughs> that first you, you, pinch you, might you, suck. Yeah. You, well, you just can't, you can't hunt just a blatant ass pinch. Everybody's going to know that pinch and there's going to be a guy sitting there or there's going to be a guy who hunted there last week. Yeah. And the bucks know that. I mean, how many times have we seen bucks skirt those pinches? Um, you know, or say you're hunting the top of a hogback and, um, there's a beat down trail and you're like, well, I'm hunting the top of this hogback and every other deer uses that same trail, but that buck decides he's going to go down a 20 foot cliff and back up that 20 foot cliff, 70 yards down the hill from that pinch, you know, mm -hmm. from that hogback, you know, because they just don't go in the obvious spots. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, they turn that just basically from hunting pressure and from smelling humans. Whereas on, on private, they're, they're going to walk that pinch every time. Yeah. Look at, like you said, you got a small private piece. Zoe has a small private piece. And just, and then we've hunted them a time or two. And um, when, when you see does, the does will just mingle around. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know how many does mingle around you on public land? Not very fucking many. You know, the, the does pick you off more than the bucks do. Oh, yeah they're just wiry you know that's just it right there me, me and you were hunting that one day at zoe's and we had those does come past us at 15 yards and then they kind of mingled at like 30 yards you know right in front of us and we're like dude no does will ever do this on public land <laughs> ever and it's an adjustment you know that's I, you know you just that's it's just different you know deer are deer like you said in the beginning where some people say deer are deer i do agree with that to a point but, you know, when you, when you get that heavy human pressure, it changes things. Yeah, see, I, I have a note in here that, that it's, it, it, it's like with this, this event is like a mix of athletics. So, you know, you, you've got, you're looking for guys that can do multiple things. They got to be able to play a football game well, handle a basketball, and play hockey. You don't want a guy that all he can do is shoot three-pointers. If he can't even skate or, or, or take a hit in a football game, like, this guy's no good for this challenge, you know? Yeah. Um. So, so anyways, if I look, um, I, I, I think I'm going to take Andy May with my second overall selection. Um, working man, and I don't know, it, there may not be an individual in the last three years that has killed more bucks over Pope and Young than Andy May in multiple states, you know, because he, he, that's what, I think he killed four or five bucks in, in 2019 alone. Yeah, and then, you know, and, you know, and probably hunted very, you know, didn't hunt that many days either. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a teacher and, and, and stuff like that. And he, in, in his core state, where he is from is not, uh, of, it, it's Michigan, you know. So, so I will give him a nod as my number two guy. Um, I think that dude will, will, will yeah, that, that dude is, is straight killing it wherever he goes. 
Yeah. Well, and there's a million, there's a million hunters out there that we don't know or. Oh yeah. Or something or. I know we're just doing this just hypothetical. Yeah. Someone say something or comment like, what about this guy? And I might be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that person. Yeah. One of my funny uh, comments on there was I wanted to take uh, just an addiction core and go like, oh, Heath, Justin, and um, uh, uh, Troy. Because you, you cover mountain bucks with Troy and, and Western hunting. And, and uh, Justin has done some stuff on small pieces. And, and he's kind of your utility guy because he's done it in the big woods and then kind of that mix of, uh, of land. And, and I, I just thought it would be funny because those three guys know each other. They're friends, you know, like I, 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 I do want to give them a, a funny plug there as, as that team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, there, there's a ton. There's so many good hunters out there. Yeah, it'd be, it, it, you know, and, and then – um. What about the – we got to think of what about the Southern guys? That, you know what, Parker – I texted Parker a little bit because I saw he put a, a couple guys in there. And uh, that was something, too, that, that he – you know, he said – he goes, I feel if a, if a guy can get it done in the South, he can, he can go other places as well. And I think that's a valid point. And, and, dude, also hunting the South. Like, if this competition in year two we end up in the South, or let's say in year three when I got the weekend warrior situation – what if one of those farms is like Southern Tennessee or Northern uh, Alabama or Georgia. And one of them's like in the heart of Indiana, you know, like I didn't, I, that's not out there, but like you need a Southern guy at that point. I got to think that's a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. I would, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. So. <laughs> my comment. I know. Yeah. So, but you can't, um, it's just tough to, it's tough to just pick a Southern person on the list when you got just so many, just Midwest is where the hunting's from, you know, why hunting whitetails is, is Midwest. It's just Midwest heritage. <laughs> well, and, and we're also located in the Midwest and, and I well, think yeah, that, maybe it feels that way for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I got to think hunting's just part of the South. Like it's, it's definitely there. So I don't know, man. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've got a third. I had, um, I think I had mentioned, um, yeah, Zach, Zach Farnball. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I like his style. He does the ground game. You know, he gets after him like crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, who would else be a really good one? Um, Scheffler. Be, yeah. Scheffler. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of that. I was like, shit. <laughs> think of, think of how Jared. Forget, how do we forget him? Oh God. The original, like, uh, that dude. And think about those guys and, and they do a lot of stuff on the ground, but they get cracked a lot because there's two dudes with one giant camera. Like if, if you just turned them loose with a tactic cam, I, I bet they'd get like, 50 more like you know they double their chances on bucks oh yeah for sure or, or didn't get them on film you know they don't you know because they they worry about getting shots on film yeah and yeah it's you know yeah that's another that's another person yeah he's he's right in the mix too but he's another public land public land guy we keep <laughs> we keep we definitely keep falling for the public land guys what if I take, what if I take Andre? Like that, 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 that's a tough person not to take for, that'd be a pretty strong anchor for year one. He'd translate into year, uh, uh, the public land thing. I just, you know, hunt, scout, hunt, scout. Like I, I just feel like that, that translates. Um, yeah, obviously I think realistically, if you're wanting to pick the dream team, you'd probably pick, you know, Andre Infault and Eberhard, I guess, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that could be, and you'd probably, you'd probably win. Yeah. Well, but, well, let's uh, ask this. What if you took the buck beds, pre-scouted buck beds out of, um, um, infaults, uh, 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 style. And all the, um, 
and all the pre preset destination locations away from Eberhardt. Yeah. That's true. Put them on a whim like that. Yeah. Eberhardt did good or not Eberhardt. Um, Infault and them did good on uh, the public land challenges. Well, him yeah. and Joe. Yeah, and Joe Remeister, I mean, dude has uh, has has killed two two good bucks on the the public land challenge, which is a perfect uh, year two guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, both of them. I kind of just lumped them together with the, yeah. other, the public land challenge because they kind of did it team style. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, it's, true. You know, and he, yeah, you think of the South, like you said, Parker's killed some good bucks here recently that we know of, um, and he killed like a white turkey. Yeah. Like, um, like in in uh, two Walt's, months, Walt's uh, co-host Chase, he's killed he killed a, a bunch of stuff last year. Yeah, Chase is a good one. Yeah, yeah, he did. He killed he killed like yeah. yeah. I think he killed like a like a giant Florida buck last year too, right? Yeah, he did. It yeah, was like one thirties, wasn't it? Yeah, he killed a buck early that was like just below one twenty. I want to say it was like one twenty, one eighteen, and then he killed like a buck twelve, twelve inches bigger, like a, a couple weeks later. And I was like, "Oh my word!" Yeah, um, these are giant. Yeah, so so I don't know, man. That's 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 something to consider. Yeah, it's um, a cool topic. It's a good thing to think about. You know, it's just yeah. it's, you know, and you can like you said, how are we? How are we? We grew up watching Whitetail Adrenaline for years. And we don't even bring – we completely forget about Jared Scheffler. No. <laughs> but he's one if, – if we talk about our notes here, like how could he go back to, to having to tiptoe around a 50-acre piece? He's, I know he used to do it, but in my opinion, you got to look at the last 10 years. Like I, I am somebody that uh, – actually the thought of hunting uh, uh, bucks with history, like that is so outside my comfort zone. I did it a little bit this year, and it was terrifying. Yeah. I just don't have that skills. It's different, you know. It's, it's different. different yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't have that confidence. Anyways, okay. Let's pivot. Um, kind of wrapping, uh, getting towards the end here of the podcast. Let's go to our, our other main topic, which is uh, Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett. Um, I don't know when these statements were out, but, like, it has come to light on social media that – they are essentially kind of labeling the the transmission of GPS coordinates, photos, videos, blah de, blah blah, um, to your cell phone in the pursuit of game as a unfair advantage of some sort. And I don't have the exact verbiage. It's on our Facebook. I screenshotted the exact statement. And let me tell you, dude, people are upset and <laughs> and and mortified. And and you know what? I uh, I feel strongly that I'm okay with this. So it's still, I mean, it's obviously still legal. It's just Pope and Young won't recognize your yeah. buck. Yes. And, and, and I am somebody that is like, I'm okay with the deer winning. I'm okay well, with a big uh, buck getting away. I'm okay, you know, like I, I think the deer should win sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and plus they're just saying that, you know, they got no way to regulate any of, the, any of their rules. But um, – yeah, I'm okay with it for them, you know, because that's what they do. You know, there's there's areas where you can't use lighted knocks. Mm -hmm. So you know, it was it was a no brainer that they were going to do that. Yeah, and I think I think also they're trying to get ahead of when cell cell cams are seventy dollars a pop and they actually function. I, I haven't seen a lot of good results from that Spy Point Link system, but like 
when they're $70 a pop and you can scatter seven of those over a hundred acres or 50 acres, and you can sit at home, you know, and, and watch, be watching football and literally never touch your woods and have a pretty damn good idea what's going on there. And, you know, you could kill bucks by hunting one day a year and, and full disclosure, Dave and I know somebody who worked in the hunting industry for um, several years um, and could get these cell phone cams at a good price and would kill a 150 plus and hunt two to three days a year because he had the properties and he had enough of the cell cams. And I just feel guys should not be able to hunt two to three days a year and kill a caliber of buck like that without, without ever tipping the buck off he's being hunted or ever stepping foot on that ground. Yeah. Well, he was killing a lot bigger than 150s too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I definitely understand that because, you know, especially, um, so you got, you got two different, you know, I feel like on public land, you got some different aspects of it because, you know, I don't think people are really using them because they don't want to get them stolen and they're expensive. I mean, some people might be using them really deep and stuff in a swamp. Then they're, they're definitely very advantageous for that aspect of it. You know, you're telling me I could put a camera, you know, super deep on some public land and, and not have to ever go pull it. I mean, and just get all the intel from it from my couch. I mean, that's, that's just huge. Yeah. But it makes you private land. Like well, I was getting to this, when you have private land, you can use it. That private land that you may or may not have manipulated that, you know, extremely well, you funded it for, you know, you know, out your back door for years, you get a buck, you know, coming into a certain area on your cell cam, you know, you can know where he's going to go, you know, bed potentially or you can you know get get a buck starting to hit a scrape you mm -hmm. know and, uh, and you know and then you go in there and and hunt that scrape the next day you know and, you know it's just yeah. it, it, it's really easy because like uh wade for instance he has what about 40 acres of woods right yep and he has manipulated it or, or and and has figured out a way to backdoor access into his piece pretty untouched and un, unnoticed mm -hmm. if he gets a he's got a he's got a couple hub scrapes and if he gets a buck that he knows is in his wood lot and he can backdoor his way in there he knows that he can grunt and rattle that buck to him sure. he's done he's done it multiple years where he's seen him cross fields you know during the daytime and enter his wood lot he waits and lets him get settled into his wood lot and then he grunts and rattles and kills him like that you know, he's killed, he's killed multiple bucks like that. And so if he could have a cell camera that's out there giving him that intel, hey, you got a big buck in your woods, you know, here, you know, it's beginning yeah. of November and a, and a big buck from, from 10 miles away entered your woods today, he could sneak out back and rattle that buck in and shoot it every yeah. single And I think a lot of people will be like, well, how, how is that any different from getting a regular uh, trail cam that you physically have to check? And, and I think here, here is where – I can make a pretty good case um, for the difference and why I think they should be outlawed. One, when you walk or, or visit that trail cam site, you are leaving some sort of ground scent. You are disturbing those woods uh, potentially, like those deer could see you. And even if they just scatter back in there 100 yards on a field edge camera, they saw you were there. They, they picked up that something was there. Something was hunting it. It also takes time time in a, today's society is so valuable and some guys don't have the time to go check those trail cameras well i tell you what when you have a cell cam you don't need the time because it sends right to your phone 
You know, you can literally be pump, pumping gas, driving to your work, um, wake up in the middle of the, the night and it's already done the work for you. Um, it requires that work. The cell cam requires the energy and, and you literally go there to pull that card and get the information versus a cell cam sends you a picture of, let's say it's, it's November, you get a cell phone picture of a doe looking behind her shoulder and it's November 2nd and followed by like a two and a half year old. Well, she could be one of the first hot does in the area and there is no doubt you should go hunt a tree stand right by that location because you could have the buck train effect and kill a good one. But if you never went out there and pulled the SD card, you would never know, you know, you could be thinking I'm gonna go over to stand B that's not even close to that area. And I just think that the Pope and Young's and Boone and Crockett are trying to get ahead of when you have seven of these on a hundred acres, it's so deadly. Well, you know exactly where all your deer are at and where they're moving at and, and, and literally when, just like you said, snap of a finger. So you, you got a list of, say you got um, 10 stands on that private piece, right? Or this could be public, Dave. Like I'm not opposed yeah. to like, like if we scattered 10 of these in, in our best locations, we could do the same thing. You could scatter them in the back. But like when they become that affordable, I feel it's just going to be so deadly in the right hands. Yeah, you got 10 of them in a certain area. You got, say, say you got 10, so say you got either 10 tree stands on private or on public land, you got 10 trees marked, 10 areas, 10 different areas that you want to go hunt on that public land. And you wake up in the morning, where are you going to go? Well, let me just scroll through my phone. Here's, where, here's how I'm going to decide where I'm going to go mm-hmm. is which, which one of my cell cam picks had a big buck on it last night. Yeah. You know, you're not, at that point, you're not even like, you're not even using any strategy anymore. You're yeah. just hunting cell cam tells you to go hunt. Yeah. And, and people will say, well, what if I don't have the time to check my trail cams that are in another state? Well, then those bucks, you don't get that information. I, I, I feel those bucks can win. Part of being able to kill uh, big bucks, right, is, is, is you, you got to have the time and, and you're cutting such a shortcut by like knowing that real time information, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not super against cell cams, as, not as much as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with all your points. And then some people have counters that I'll agree with as well, but, um, it's, it's where you personally draw that line. You know, some people draw that line at compound bow and they say, I'm only using recurve. Yeah. Some people draw that line at cell cameras or not cell cameras at trail cameras, period. You know, mm-hmm. now you got fucking bow sites that will range it for you and will move the red dot to, to this perfect range and shoot it. Damn near shoot the bow for you. Hell, you got crossbows that are six inches wide that shoot 400 and some feet per second that are damn near rifles. You know, that's perfectly legal in Ohio and many other states to use all fucking bow season. Yeah. So where do you draw that line at? I'm more upset about that probably than I am cell cams. Yeah, I guess the cell cam tips the advantage to killing big bucks and in, in, a, in a way that I just think it's the, – the, the, the crossbow hunter still leaves ground scent. He's still got to put – you know, if he has to walk to a cam, he can be leaving uh, that, you know, he may jump that buck. He may bump him. He, that, that buck may catch his ground set and never come through there in the daylight the rest of the season sometimes. Well, that just hits a little bit more home to me because I've missed so many bucks with my compound. <laughs> yeah. The, um, like, go get a goddamn raven and just start blasting deer. Like, <laughs> have, like five more deer on my wall if I had a raven, you know? They would just shoot a rifle. So, okay, got him. Put them on my wall. You know, I'll just be stacking them up if I had a damn raven. 
<laughs> the, um, the, the both those organizations have a have eliminated, I think, the use of drones. And I look at the drone is like literally it's taking a photo. It's it's that camera is transmitting to my phone when I'm flying the drone. It's like a real time, like it's very identical to what a cell cam can do. And I even have the moral, like I don't, I don't use my my drone to like fly into those like far to reach uh, oh, bean fields to check if they're beans or corn. Because I'm like, dude, that's like, it's it's just too much technology, you know. Like, um, and and other areas are limiting technology. They're adapting to change. Um, I know sports is one thing. Golf is always limiting uh, the technology because they, they can put stuff in those balls and drivers to make everybody f- launch the thing 450 yards. It, it, it's, it, but they do cap it. NASCAR caps a lot of things to make sure the cars don't drive too fast on, on certain tracks. It, you know, I think with the, the advances in technology, we're always adjusting. We're always changing the laws. Look at the texting and driving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You definitely have to – you got to start capping things, you know, and for right now, this is where they're capping it, but who knows where they'll, you know, who knows if they might release this, this ban at some point in time, yeah. you know, when more technology out. Yeah. And at that point, you know, like when these do, when, when I hate to say this, but when cell cams are 70 to $50 and they actually work, like that's just not a, a hunting, like I'm, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Like that's just you'll you'll see a lot of guys kill good bucks that should not be killing good bucks, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, you know, I'm not upset about it either, like you said. You know, but I don't think it's going to deter anybody from using it. Yeah, screw it. I mean, I don't enter my deer anyways. You know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think. Um, oh, I think the states will may may eventually either look at them as, as you know can or cannot use for for hunting um i know like idaho for i think it's Maybe idaho you use, it during use trail cams during season in idaho you can't use trail cameras at all during season or i think cam? during season it's one of the western states and and i apologize to the listeners if it's not idaho if it's another one but for a long time they were legal up until season start i could see that happening for cell cams yeah for sure i could too um yeah, and just, yeah you can't use cell cams up until the season starts because then you can't get any real time you know like hunting time data yeah, yeah. i could see that happening i wouldn't be upset about that either because then you can still scout with them you know you can still like you said people who want to run them out of state and stuff you still could do that mm-hmm. yeah you know, he's got one before season yeah yeah and i guess I don't know. I, I guess my big thing is I think the deer should win sometimes. I think we have enough things working for us, you know, with the clothing, the advancements in our bows, um, just the well, knowledge that's out there now. It's, it, I mean. They do that now. I mean, that's why, you know, there's all the hunting regulations that there are, mm-hmm. are to give deer an advantage. If the goal wasn't to give a deer an advantage, everybody would be using 30 all sixes at night with night vision scopes and just slaying deer. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, that's what, that's the, the goal is to give, I think, the deer somewhat of an advantage to keep the population where they want it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if, but, you know, in their mind, you know, maybe it gets more people in the woods. Cell cans might get more people in the outdoors. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I, I, I uh, I think it's an interesting take. I, I'm, like I said, I, I'm a little against it just because of 
and what it, it, my big fear is, you know, when they become 50 to $70, I mean, they've already slashed the prices um, tremendously from even like 18 months ago. Yeah. Well, that new one, um, who just released a new one that's cheap? Um, is it Hawk? Tacticam. Tacticam. Yeah. Yeah. Tacticam. Which like, I, asked my, I asked my buddy that works in like the like cellular space or whatever. And he goes, they can't laugh. He goes, there's no way like that can't be a, a reliable product at that price. Huh. Um, well, people got them at this point, you know, so they're probably yeah. using them. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I have seen a lot of negative reports on the uh, cell link by spy point or whatever that was like supposed to take a regular trail cam and make it uh, do its thing. Oh, uh, well, I could see that. Yeah. Because then you're trying to change. Yeah. I mean, but if it's built as a cell cam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So Dave, let's go ahead and wrap her up here. I think we gave enough thoughts, I guess. Uh, uh, Hold on. I got a question for you. Yes. So if cell cameras um, stay legal, if more and more advancements come out to keep making it easier for hunters, there, there will become there will come a day when you will have to say, "Do I join them or not?" Yeah. Because you're going to see all these people stacking up big bucks around you using all this technology, and yeah. you might say, "Damn fuckers are cheaters and blah blah blah." But but there come a time where you're going to have to make that choice. You know, yeah. do you or do you you know or or do you not? Yeah. That's a that's a very tough pill for me to swallow right now. Um, I think my initial thing would be to resist, and I think if I looked at what was happening, say two to three years from now, if if I felt like man, like there's a you know I'm seeing all these guys kill really good bucks, and I felt the biggest thing separating them for me was a cell cam. I think I would cave because I wanna I wanna I wanna shoot big bucks. Like like that's that's definitely a goal of mine. And see, for me, I would just say fuck it, and I get a recurve and just start slaying four pointers. Oh, okay. Now I really <laughs> like this plan. <laughs> just go out there and just have fun. Yeah, when everyone Here. when everyone can afford fifty and seventy dollar cell cams, and and everyone's shooting one thirty plus deer on public, and it's badass as all get out, and guys are slaying one sixties, you know, whatever. I think yeah, Dave and I, we will pick up the stick bow. And we'll say, screw it. We're going to hunt on the ground. We're going to hunt low. And, and, and yeah, that's what we'll do. That's a good plan right there. And it might be prime time a half hour after daybreak and the squirrel walks by. I'm shooting that squirrel. Oh, I'm not hunting anything specific. I'm hunting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to do. That will turn into fishing then. Oh, that's good. I like that plan. I like that plan. Um, all right, Dave, let's wrap her up, man. I, guys, uh, appreciate you tuning in and listening. Um, season is like right around the corner. Heck, we, we are oh, a week out or a week out, a month out from Kentucky opening. I know Tennessee is late August. Uh, Idaho, I think, is August. So, yeah, it is here. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, Team Harder and Bucks, we're out. See ya.